If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 8 just for a few moments. I am so excited about today's service. First of all, because you're here. (laughs) And secondly, in just a few moments, we're going to have baptism. We're going to baptize people. Now, we're a full-service type church, so we're going we're to sprinkle a few, and then we're going to fully baptize the others. We're a, we're a, we're a church that, that, that just is, is user-friendly, and we're, we, we want to serve everybody. It's funny, a couple, couple of, um, about a year ago, a gentleman came up to me from Pennsylvania, and he was standing right here. He had tears in his eyes. He said, Pastor Scott, I, I want to be baptized. I, I, I'm so fearful and I'm so afraid. And we didn't have a baptismal tank. We had nothing going on. There happened to be a bottle of water right here in the front row. And this sweet man, I said, sir, I said, you don't have to live in fear. I said, we can baptize you right here. He said, you can? I said, absolutely. So I pulled out that public bottle of water, poured it on his head and blessed him and prayed for him in tears streaming down his eyes. Beautiful. I'm glad that we can be flexible and we can be in tune and we can be fluid. And, 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 and uh, I personally was baptized by my father when I was eight years old and we just, we just, we, we dunked all the way down. That's just the way we did it. Joy. Some people, you know, are, uh, just have different preferences And the bottom line is that we're acknowledging that Jesus Christ is Lord of our life. And we're being, we're dead to sin, we're buried to sin, and we come alive and we are new. And that is why we baptize. Can I get an amen? Amen. You'll see some shirts around, some people that are going to be baptized in a few moments. They got beautiful t-shirts, and I thought we had one up here, but um, uh, anyway, uh, it says, it says, I'm new. Yeah. Can you throw that up here? Let me show everybody this is a great little... Shirt that we, we gave to, thank you. Look at that. The Bible says that when you follow Jesus Christ and you become a believer, you are a new creature. I'm new. And so everybody gets baptized today, gets one of these shirts to proudly wear and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord of their life. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. So let's, we're continuing our year-long series on the hymns of the church, and we sang it just a few minutes ago at Calvary. I've been singing that chorus all week long. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. You see, I can go to a restaurant and I can get good food. I can go to a golf course and enjoy a little bit of relaxation at the golf course. But there is something that happens when I go to Calvary that you can't get at a restaurant. You can't get on a golf course. You can't get it fishing. Are you all with me? Something happens when you and I run to Calvary. The song says you receive grace. 
Grace is free. Your pardoned soul finds liberty when you and I go to Calvary. So I am glad that we are a church that puts up a 40-foot cross during Lent. I'm glad that we're not ashamed of the cross. I'm glad that we don't hide it and cover it up and try to avoid it because it's not user-friendly. See, it's the cross where you can go and you can receive mercy, grace, liberty. You can only find at Calvary. President of Moody Bible Institute, Dr. R.A. Torrey, received a letter that came across his desk. It was, from a, it was from a pastor whose son had turned his back on God. The pastor was concerned. His, his son turned wayward and, and was rebellious and was angry, and, and the father was just as a pastor, just trying to do whatever he could do to try to figure out how, can, how he could get his, his son back on the right track. And he sent a letter to Moody Bible Institute to the president and said, please, is there anything that you can do to help my son? The president wrote back and said, oh, I'm sorry, this is, a, this is a Bible school, Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, Illinois. He said, we're, you know, we're not, this is not... This is a Bible school. And then he thought about it, and a few weeks later he said, you know what, I, I, I've changed my mind. I want you to send your son up to our school under one rule, that every day he's got to meet with me. Every day I've got to sit down with him. I want to make sure that he's on the right track. And this young man enrolled at Bible, Moody Bible Institute and followed and met every single day, turned his life around, Miraculously got back on track, and in the middle of one of the classes, this tune at Calvary came into his spirit. He jotted the verses down and went to the choral director, and, and, and he wrote the song at Calvary. Mercy there was great, and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. There's just something about going to Calvary. And the question that I ask you today for the social media influences is this. What happens to you and what ha happens in you when you go to Calvary? It's a good question. What happens to you? What happens in you when you run to Calvary what happens in your heart, in your life, in your soul? I want to tell you a story out of John chapter 8. It's a story that, 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 that you've heard a few times, but it's a beautiful illustration of what happens when you and I run to Calvary. And by the way, how many people are here today, you, you've at least run to Calvary at least one time in your life? Can I see your hand? So I don't know about you, but what happens to me is I'm filled with peace. I'm filled with forgiveness. I'm filled with mercy. Every time I go to Calvary, I'm given a new lease on life. I love going to Calvary. Stories in John chapter 8 of a, of a, a collision between the law and religion and God's grace and mercy. There was a woman who, the Bible says, 
she was caught in the act of adultery. She was guilty. And by the way, we all know this. It, it, it takes two to tango. And yet she was brought out as the only one and the religious leaders and the Sadducees and the Pharisees were peeping in the window and found her in the act of adultery and brought her out to the public square. It'd be like bringing somebody out to downtown Orlando. And the religious leaders were so proud. They were so happy. They were so excited to finally find somebody caught in the act. And it just made their soul feel good because, see, religion is always looking out for people that are doing worse things. And they get great delight and great joy in finding other people sinning, and yet their sin is just as great. By the way, most people who peep into windows watching people get arrested. <laughs> just a thought. I don't know how you're going to interpret that, Betty, but that, that, that was just a thought. If I was there, I would have said, what in the world are you doing looking in the window? There's a word for people to do that. But they were so delighted, so happy. People always are looking to find fault in other people to make themselves feel better about their own sin. Lord knows what they were doing, but now they found someone who was guilty. And they brought her out, and the Bible says they had stones, and they flipped through the law, and they just said, Jesus, the law teaches us that this woman deserves death. What do you think we ought to do about it? I love it. The Bible says very clearly that Jesus paused for a few moments, and then the Bible says that he knelt down in the sand and with his finger he wrote something in the sand. Now I'm having trouble concentrating right now because somebody on the praise team <laughs> wrote in the sand, Hi Scott. So here I am trying to be holy and religious and trying to be serious and, 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 and somebody messing up my sermon illustration. So pause just for a second while I get this thing right. Hi, Scott, then a smiley face. Only at Pine Castle. Aren't you glad you came today? Jesus knelt down in front of the woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. In front of the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious leaders. He didn't preach a sermon. He simply knelt down in the sand, and the Bible says, with his finger, he wrote something. Now, in the Old Testament, the Bible says in Exodus that God the Father 
with his finger. Everybody get your finger up just like this and just hold your finger up just for a moment. The Bible says that God the Father with his finger wrote the law, the Ten Commandments, and gave it to Moses. Aren't you glad that we are no longer under the law? So it's interesting that Jesus now, in John chapter 8, he kneels down and with his finger, he wrote something. And the Bible doesn't say what he wrote. I personally believe that he wrote potentially the word grace. Because God the Father in Exodus with his finger wrote the law. Now Jesus here in front of the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, in front of the religious leaders and all the townspeople, with his finger he knelt down and he wrote something. Could it be that Jesus took his finger and with his finger simply drew a symbol of the cross. Could it be that Jesus, in his way of taking complicated things and making them simple, that he simply, with his finger, wrote in the sand the symbol of the cross? See, because it's at the cross that mercy is given. It's at the cross where grace is given. It's at the cross where the, where, where the song says that grace is multiplied to us. And could it be in this beautiful story that Jesus with his finger simply wrote in the sand the symbol of Calvary's cross? It's possible. Why? Because Jesus wanted to communicate to the woman caught in the, adult, uh, in, in the act of adultery, to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the town people, he wanted to give them a symbol of God's grace, and that symbol is the cross. And then I love what Jesus said. After he wrote, wrote with his finger and he, he wrote the symbol of the cross in the sand, he looked to the woman and he said this, Go and sin no more. I like that. What he was saying to that woman is, when you come to the cross, there is mercy. And mercy is great. And mercy is free. Mercy is multiplied to you. And when you come to the cross, you can receive beautiful liberty. Go and sin no more. Sometimes on Sunday services, I say that at the end of the service. How many has ever heard me say, go and sin no more? Do you know that I had a lady complain about that? She said it wasn't spiritual enough. She said it wasn't United Methodist enough. And guess what I did the following Sunday? I ended the service the same way Jesus spoke to that woman, go and sin no more. I can't think of a better way to end a service than to declare the words of Jesus. Woman, man, 
There's a cross, and because of that cross, you receive mercy, you receive grace, you receive pardon, and it's multiplied to you, and your burdened soul finds liberty at Calvary. Go and sin no more. I'm grateful for the cross. I'm grateful for Calvary. I'm grateful that we can run to the cross and receive mercy, grace, forgiveness, and pardon, and we can receive liberty at Calvary. Can I get an amen? amen. Look in your notes just for a moment. I, 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 I've just got four points. I'm not even going to get to these today, but I'm going to read these real, real quickly. Because at Calvary, mercy there was great. Everyone say great. Aren't you grateful that God's mercy is great? It's not good. It's not okay. God's mercy is great. Number two, at Calvary, grace is free. Everyone say free. You know what I found? People love free things. So next Sunday, I'm going to give away something free here at Pine Castle United Methodist Church. We love free. Publix figured that out, and they come up with BOGO. Buy one, get one what? Free. Aren't you glad today that grace and mercy is free? You don't have to buy it. You don't have to purchase anything. Why? Because grace is free. Number three, look at your notes. At Calvary, pardon is multiplied to me. Everyone say the word multiplied. See, look in your, in your notes, and uh, it's 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Bruce, if you can go to the keyboard. Translation that I have, the NIV, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. Watch this just for a moment. God doesn't just give grace. He multiplies grace to you. Now, let me ask you a question. If somebody was going to give you something, would you rather it just be given and added, or would you rather it be multiplied? Hello? <laughs> and that's what grace does. That's what happens at Calvary. God doesn't just give you grace. He multiplies grace to you. So, Jim, uh, come up here just for a moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to illustrate this point just for a moment. Everybody give Jim a big round of applause. All right, Jim, I've got some, I've got some dollar bills that I want to I wanna give you. Now, I could give you, I could give you one, and I can give you two, and I can give you three, and I can give you four, and I got a lot of dollars, so I can give them to you. Or I can shift things a little bit, and instead of adding things to you, would you like for me to multiply things to you? Because I've got tens here, and I've got twenties. And, and you can either just receive addition or you can receive multiplication. Would you rather have multiplication? Absolutely. So watch this, church. Instead of me just giving him dollars and adding dollars to him, because I'm a gracious pastor, <laughs> I'm going to multiply things to him, and I'm going to give him a 20 and another 20 and another 20. 
and another 20. See? The Bible says, watch this, that God is rich in mercy. And what that woman in John chapter 8 needed, she didn't need grace given to her. She needed grace multiplied to her. And Jesus, being rich in mercy, said to that woman, when you come to Calvary, I'm going to, watch this church, I'm not going to just give you grace. I'm going to multiply grace to you. 20 after 20 after 20 after 20. How many know that Jim's, how many know that Jim's getting blessed? <laughs> multiply. Multiply. Oh, God, you don't understand what I've been doing. You don't understand the hang-ups that I got. You don't understand the issues. And God says, I'm rich in mercy. And that's the grace and the mercy that is given to us when we go to Calvary. How about you do this this week? How about you stop limiting God to just giving you grace and begin to receive according to 2 Peter chapter 1 that God, you are going to multiply grace and peace and mercy to me. That's what that woman in John chapter 8 needed. She needed mercy. She needed grace. She didn't need it added. She needed it multiplied. And Jesus said to her, just like I'm going to say to Jim, go and sin no more. Can I get an amen? How many are grateful for God's grace? Now, I'm going to be in the lobby at the end of the service today. And because I can't shake hands with you, I'm just going to multiply God's amazing grace to you. Amen? Number four. I love this one. At Calvary, mercy was great. At Calvary, grace is free. At Calvary, my pardon is multiplied to me. And then number four, at Calvary, my burdened soul finds liberty. Everyone say liberty. Liberty. Freedom. That's what happens when you know I go to Calvary. And if it was good enough for Mr. Newell who wrote the song at Calvary, it's good enough for the woman in John chapter 8 who was caught in the act of adultery, and it's good enough for me at Calvary. Come on, Bruce.